Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. This is episode 51. I'm joined by Mark and Amy once again, and we are talking Bridgerton Season 2. What's up, guys? Good day, sir. Good day to you. (laughs) (laughs) You are so corny. Oh, good lord. (laughs) So, so you know, I'm I'm fresh off season one of Bridgerton. So, uh, I can't say that I was looking forward to season two. I feel like I was bullied into watching Bridgerton. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Interesting terminology. Um. But listen, I was talking to uh, to a fellow coworker, and we both had the same feeling. It's not a terrible show. It's not also one of our favorite shows. Like we weren't dying to 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 watch it. Um, but it's it's. I can I can I can deal with it. I can deal with it. Between since you're new to both of them, right? Both seasons. Since you're new to the whole, the universe, as it were. What? Which one did you enjoy more, season one or season two? I feel like I like the story in season one, like the main story in season one. Okay. Um, but I liked like the side stories of season two, if that makes sense. No, I get that. I get that. I would agree with that. I would agree. I I liked. I think the reason that I liked season one a little bit. Ah, eh, I don't know. I don't want to say a little bit better, but I liked the the fact that it was the first time I I didn't read the books, so but I liked See, the fact my that my wife it was, did. Oh, she read the books. She she's read the books, um, and uh, no, not so much in season one, but definitely in season two. There were a lot of times where she said they did this differently in the books, yeah. or this is different than the books. That's so there what were, I've been hearing. Um. So. Um, you know, I, I should have asked her. I'll text her. Maybe she'll get back to me right now. Um, but just which one she liked more, which one um, felt more like the books, I guess. Yeah, ask her because I was just going to say, so as somebody who read the books, which did she like? I didn't actually even know they were books until before season two. And then I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I already missed it. Like, I've already started watching this instead of reading it. I'll just keep going and didn't read the books. But I I liked the the newness of season one. Like, I liked learning about everybody and, and those kind of things in season one. I think I liked season two a little bit better, though. And maybe it's the side stories, although I, I don't I can't get into one of the stories and I'll or like I'm not I'm not into one of the stories and I'll we can talk about that when we get there. Um but I, I I also kind of liked the side stories too. And I felt like there was something to be said for the The mystery of I don't know. Of- Kind of the waiting. No, I, I the that the lady whistled down, that's a story I don't care about. <laughs> um, and I didn't really care about it in, in season one either. I was like, oh, okay, Lady Dizzle, somebody's writing stuff. It's Gossip Girl. Um, totally. I, and I didn't, 100%. and in, and I, honestly, I watched Gossip Girl, all of it, and I didn't really care who Gossip Girl was then either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, to me, that wasn't like the compelling storyline. 
but I I really didn't like this one. It, it it just bugged me. But I thought it was interesting, again, when I started to really think about it, I understand why everybody then was so intrigued by it because it was really hard to do something like that in a secret. You know, there, there was, it's not like you could post it online and, and use a fake name. Like you have to get to the printer and you have to write it and then you have to distribute it. And then you, like there's a lot that you have to do without revealing who you are. So while I can respect that aspect of it, I just found that I didn't really care who mm. who that was. But I, like this season I loved the Featheringtons. I thought yes. that was a great storyline. I yes. liked that I liked that storyline a lot better than I liked it in the first season. Um and I was even I even kind of wished that we had more of the guy who was starting the gentlemen's club. I would have liked That's, to yes, I agree. He really faded to the background. I think without having the Duke on board, his right. you know, cuz that was his primary talk to and right. good friend, I think he just sort of faded into the woodwork, which I thought was unfortunate because, uh, you know, I, I thought he was a good actor. I loved his wife and their dynamic. Yeah. And you just got those little, just enough, to, you saw them just enough in season two to realize you wanted to see them more. Right. Like, and they, like, they really faded into the wood. Like, they, I, I don't I, even, I'm surprised they even had the minute, you know? Yeah. And just, just kind of connecting to season one, you know, they, they killed off Lord Featherington. And right. I'm assuming it's because they knew he cheated, but nothing happened to the boxer. Like he he didn't have any consequences for throwing which is them. Su- which is surprising, right? Because especially back then, the wealthy people kind of could slough off the consequences on those who were mm. under them, so to speak. So that w- that was very surprising. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that either. But all right, so, so let's talk about the different parts of the show. I guess is that uh, yeah. Sound? I was just gonna say yes. Okay, a, a quick recap, I guess, of what season two is and what happened. Okay, so why don't we start with? I guess let's start with let's start with Lady Whistledown. Um, <laughs> so season one ends and it's revealed that Penelope is Lady Whistledown, right? And so season two. She's continuing to write her gossip rag. And in this season, you know, last season, the queen has Eloise looking for who is Lady Whistledown. And then in this season, um, you know, she's got her her men out listening for gossip and who's it going to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I almost felt like last season, Penelope was a more likable character because I didn't know it was her. And this season, I just found her to be kind of, I don't know, manipulating and information hungry and a little bit more desperate. Like last season, it was obvious that she was in love with Colin, et cetera, et cetera. This season, she just, it felt more desperate to me. And and that might also be the reason that I didn't really love that storyline because I don't Mm. really love what they did with her character. I have to disagree a little bit because, uh, I, first of all, I want to echo your You tell her, Mark. Tell her. Yeah. (laughs) Let's throw down over Bridgerton. No, um, (laughs) I'm with you totally on loving the Featheringtons. I could see that be a whole spinoff. They have this kind of Cinderella, wicked stepmother, ugly stepsister vibe. Like, um, and I like the, I mean, I think you could kind of tell, and I think, Diego, you mentioned this too. You sort of saw Penelope being Lady Whistledown. You sort of saw that coming. It right. was not that big a shock. But in season two, you see that other side, the the, the 
Lady Whistledown's side of her, where she is almost threatening these adult men at the print shop about, you will do this for this price, or we will, you know, take our business elsewhere. And if the queen finds out that you printed this, like, she's she's a master manipulator. And there's this whole kind of almost wicked little side to her that you get to see. What frustrated me was that I wanted to, as, as she became more fleshed out as Lady Whistledown in season two, I wanted to see a little more rebellion with her mother and sisters. And she is just the whipping post of that family. And it's so hard to watch. Um, they always got her in yellow. Yeah. <laughs> always yeah. in yellow. Um, I wonder what that meant. But yeah, that's true. Um, and then they made fun of her. Like her mother has her dresses made and then criticizes her for what she's wearing, which I thought right. was funny. Um, but I like that she uh, uh, formed that alliance with the dressmaker. Um, yeah, I did Miss, like that. Miss Delacroix. Yes. Um, and I liked... That little reveal at the end when Eloise, just through that little tiny bit of gossip that Penelope was sharing at the uh, final ball, uh, looked at her like, who are you? Like, why are you being so nasty? And realized this is her. And then went up and, you know, searched her room and they had that amazing fight, the two of them. Right. And like, you could see her chest heaving and like tears in her eyes when that fight was over. And all I, I thought it was amazing acting because I get in a fight with someone I will throw down, and then when they leave, I will almost cry because I'm so full of adrenaline and like, right? You know, um, right? And I should clarify, Diego, this is a cat fight, not a not a man fight. Right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I liked getting to see the different shades of her, and I will say one other thing too about the actress who plays Penelope. If you haven't watched the show Dairy Girls. Um, I haven't, but it's on. It's oh. been on my list for so long. I mean, you've, that's you've, a lie. It's not a lie. It's, it's, it's on my list, real list. list. Um, they, uh, it's it's the story about these um, very very blue collar Irish schoolgirls, uh, and it is hysterical. And she is one of the stars. That she's one of the the center pieces of the of that series, and she's amazing. So I recommend that as a to do for everybody. Okay, all right. What we what were your thoughts on Penelope, uh, Diego? Uh. I feel like once you found out it was her, you kind of I almost like lost interest in her. Yeah, right. That's how I feel. And I just didn't really, I, I really like kind of like what you said. I really didn't care much for Lady Whistledown anymore, except that it was being used, like you said, as a, like a manipulating tool to kind of clear someone's name or get Delacroix more business or like it just. And to and, and to get the queen mad, like that's it. And, but right. like, there wasn't to me anything more to it than just the status in, was in society. And right. So, like, I agree. I'm like, I, I like, I don't, I don't care. I agree. That because, I just because everyone here is and a I wealthy guess I family. I didn't really understand her. I guess I guess I do understand her, like why she starts with the whole thing, right? Because she's. No one listens you know, to her kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I get that. I just I just didn't feel I cared. I don't know. All right. You know, I thought, so go uh, ahead. Go just ahead. One of the, I, I thought it was a good plot development to have the queen suspect Eloise. And that becomes sort of a conflict for Penelope about do I reveal myself? How do I protect her and protect myself at the same time and everything? It did kind of just like bad pun wet my whistle for the idea of... The Queen and Lady Whistledown working together to stir up 
drama. Because you know how the queen sort of alluded to Eloise that you're going to work with me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I would watch. That would be a great spinoff too. I'd watch that. <laughs> like yeah. watching her, you know, turn all of the. Because she's just bored. It's. I mean, I love her. She's such a fun, the queen. She's such a funny character. And she just right. wants to stir up crap with everybody and to see and you her. know that there is a spinoff based on her right can't wait it's gonna have right? her, it's gonna have the current versions of lady bridgerton um lady danbury and the queen and it's gonna have mm-hmm. girl versions of them from years and years ago and show them how they all you know found their loves and came up in society yeah inter- that which is fascinating yeah um so since we've been talking about penelope let's just move into the featheringtons i in last season, and for most of this season, really, really don't like Lady Featherington. <laughs> I really like she just she's I mean she's a hundred percent Cinderella's wicked stepmother mm-hmm. um, with her own children, right? And yet in this season, I, and I didn't like her this season again. She's so mean to Penelope, and then you know she's maneuvering this cousin to marry her daughter so that they can get the heir. And then she's duped, right? He doesn't have any money. She's made the wrong choice. She's forced, she's set up this situation where they get caught alone together, which by the way, like I'm so grateful I didn't live in these times. Like just being alone in a room with a man, your your reputation is ruined. Amy, you know? you like, we, Amy we'd be married by now. <laughs> we, went on to, we would have been married a long time ago, Mark. Um, but like, you know, like that, that just blows my mind. But anyway, you know, she manipulates the situation so that he has, so that they're the cousin of her husband, I guess, has to marry the daughter. And she's thinking, well, this is, we're going to get our fortune. And then he's like, yeah, I have nothing. And then they start working together on this plan to to get money. You know, let's let's bilk all these rich people here out of their money, investing in these worthless mines. And then he, and again, I, I, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, is he lying to her? But this cousin guy, who's much younger than her, um, is like super attracted to her because she's a total boss. And he just is like, yeah, let's go to America. We can be together. Like, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to know, whatever. But then she turns the tables on him. And in that moment, I was like, all right, you're not so bad. Like, I liked that moment. I, I really, I appreciated that. Not because of the deviousness of it, but because of the fact that she's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do things your way. And I don't know. I, I just had some appreciation for her in that particular moment. Yeah, and I, a lot of what we saw on the show, and this I have not read the books, but I had read a little bit online about the differences. Um, in the show, that whole thing about uh, um, having, I think it was Prudence, the daughter that's that was uh, caught uh-huh. with the cousin, um, that never happened. Uh, it actually happened to the Viscount and uh, and Kate, and oh. so and Viscount and Kate got wound up being caught together somewhere. And having to marry, and half of the book is them married and still hating each other, and then by obviously by the end growing to love each other. The whole you know, uh, will hate you, love you thing. Um, but I like that they veered off and gave the Featheringtons more screen time for that kind of manipulation and, and tomfoolery. 
Right. I, I did too. And I and I'll be honest, I enjoyed watching Prudence. She's just such a dunce and <laughs> you know, like she just is. Yeah. Um, but she was my good favorite, comic sorry, relief. My favorite part is when she's like, Do you guys want me to sing? And then yeah. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. That was good. That was good. Exactly. Exactly. I thought that was great. I like I them fanning great. their bosom. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> Look right, at my boobs. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I, so moving from the Featheringtons, I, I just love the Bridgerton family. I, I, they're like the way that they all just sit around and talk and joke with each other. Like they're all so comfortable with each other. And, and props to, to mom, right? Props to Lady Bridgerton for essentially really raising most of them on her own. Um, and they're, they're just such a nice, good family together. And I, I really love the scenes when they're sitting in their salon, just all reading the paper and playing a game and just chatting with each other. When, whereas when you see these other families like the Featheringtons in the salon, they're also like worried about, are we getting any invitations today? Where are we going to go? Who are we going to see? What are we going to do? And I'm sure that part of that is the fact that the Bridgertons have that social clout. So they don't have to worry about those things. But I felt like even if they didn't, they would just kind of still like each other and enjoy yeah. each other. Like well, Daphne is so able to see through Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they're, and they're all able to see through each other really which which shows that love and respect that they have for each other well and i think to your point when they threw the ball to try to cover you know make up for the scandal of the wedding not happening and again because of lady whistledown writing that eloise article nobody came and in that moment if that was a casa featherington she would have been spinning around like a whirling dervish you know what are we gonna do anthony was like call kids down here let's have a family dance and that moment was so sweet and and elevated above all of the class issues i thought that was I, I love that. And I I know that uh, the actor that played the Duke, Simon, when he s- got this role, he signed up for a one-year commitment. He was not coming back for season two. That was not like a surprise, supposedly. Right, right. Um, I needed more Daphne. I needed her to come visit with the Duke off doing his, you know, dukery. I needed Daphne to come visit the family more because she was... Oh, see, I did not. I, I did. I agree. I'm with, I'm with Amy. Well, you're I, both I, wrong. I loved her. I, <laughs> I did love her in season one. I really did. But this story wasn't about her. And I feel like when she came. That's how the books are. That that I do know that each book focuses on one of the Bridgertons. Oh, right. So, okay. Right. And I felt like when she came, it was the appropriate amount of time. Like she, she, she arrived for certain events. She was there for them. And then she went back to her family. She's married. She has a baby. And I thought that was appropriate. And I thought it made sense. And and I thought from story purposes, she really just is there because she's the only one who's been through what Anthony's going through right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's kind of the closest to him. And and so she was able to be like, dude, like, you know, what's going on here? And I and I thought they actually used her really well this season. Um I I I, I think more Daphne wouldn't have felt appropriate to the storyline. And I feel like mm. more Daphne would have been just really trying to grab Daphne fans from the first season. And and I like the fact that they really stayed true to this was Anthony's story. Mm. You know? 
So yeah, let's get well, into Anthony then. Oh, uh, Mark, do you want to say something? No, oh, no, I, I, I see your point. Uh, I didn't, and actually, I didn't know that the books were like one per kid, which makes me, honestly, I'm not a huge Eloise fan, so I may skip that season if we get that far. But okay. uh, <laughs> No, but um, but I, I just liked Daphne and, and her, her back and forth with Anthony and the fact that they made her the sibling that walked in on him macking with Kate was perfect, I thought. Yes, Again, yes. because like you said, Amy, she's been there. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I wanted more. Okay. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about Anthony. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Simmer down. Uh, so simmer is the exact correct word for anthony like i thought they did such a great job in building the tension between he and kate and man that man can can give a simmering look like i have what did he say to her what was the line that what you you what did he say about her that, that he like she wrecks his mind or something what what old timey word did he use Vex me. Well, she said you vex me. He had, he did have some saying though that I, I can't. I have to look it up. You are the bane of my existence bane and the of object my, of my desire. That, there, there you go. Thank is. you. Thank you. Did you melt, Amy, when like he said that? Is that what we're saying? I I melted frequently when Anthony was on the stage <laughs> on the scene. So my when he fell in goodness. the pond, when he was promenading, oh, and he fell in the it. pond. Yeah. No, I was you know, right I was right there between Edwina and Kate like, "Oh my." <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't even just that. Like it was just his looks and like that that forbiddenness between them mm-hmm. and you know, I think we've all at some point in our lives wanted somebody that we can't have and just that that just the way that he played that, he played that so well. And and I like I really love the woman who played Kate. Um she's Beautiful. unbelievably beautiful um i felt like he played that better than she did um like i with when he would look at her like you could feel it it was palpable i didn't always get that from her and so in fact for a while i was like oh i wonder if this is going to be like an unrequited thing like it feels to me like they're setting this up where they're going to fall in love with each other but she doesn't seem to be simmering the way that he is. Um, well, and kudos to the actor, uh, Jonathan Bailey, because literally he like sniffs her hair a couple times. When I she saw walks that. By, yes. Which is so <laughs> creepy, cringy, and it was hot. Like he it did right? it. I was like, wow. Right. That, um, that scene where they're like, they're, they get their first real like sense, like, oh crap, we like each other kind of thing. When they were out like near the garden and the With bee, the bee. Land- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he la- she, the bee landed on her like chest and she got stung, and he like had a panic attack because we, you know one of the scenes that we see in the show is that his dad died from being stung by a, a bumble I guess a bumblebee. Yeah, yeah. And he had a severe allergic reaction and died, so he has the panic attack and that's when they kind of like she like calmed it down, put her his hand like on her bosom. And he, like, it was a he- it was a heaving bosom. <laughs> <laughs> and I, from that point on, I feel like their story kind of really picked up because I, at one point I was like, "It's a wrap. Like they're just not gonna, they're not gonna get together. Like they're just they, he's too deep into it with Miss Edwina, and now he can't get out of it, kind of thing." See, and I for me the turning point was when they were playing croquet, and. They both fell in the mud and they were just then at that point, they were just having a good time. And that's the piece to me because that's what I think they both 
we're looking for. Like somebody who challenges them, someone who's going to be smart assy right back to them, somebody that they were laughing with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the peak. With Edwina, you know, and again, Edwina, he wasn't wrong. Edwina would have been a good match, right? And he would have had a good life and it would have been fine. She's There's nothing wrong with Edwina. She was delightful. And I really liked her as a character. Um, yeah, that but, one scene with the king and the queen. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to Edwina. Uh, but I, I just felt like that scene where they were playing croquet. I was like, yeah, that this is okay. And I see it because I, I feel like in that scene they both saw it too. Um, but oh, oh, so good, so good. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was very interesting the difference between season one and season two because I felt like in season one, and maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but but actually Daphne and, and the Duke got together fairly early because they were like duping everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they gave in to their desires fairly early in the season. So there was a lot of them giving in to their desires throughout the season. Whereas this season, I mean... You were literally, they, they simmered the whole season um, until right there at the very end. And I thought that was, I, I kind of liked that too because, it, first of all, it kind of kept the will he, won't he kind of thing going on. But I also, I thought it was interesting that with him, it was always like, I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to do this. Like he, you just, I felt so badly for him the whole season because I just felt like he was crushed by the weight of his family responsibility of his social responsibility of the expectations of society on him like I just kept thinking the whole time I would so not want to be Anthony Bridgerton like because he just there was just so much that he couldn't do and then so much that he had to do and and between, sorry to interrupt you. I just was going to add between that crushing responsibility and that complete equivocation of of true love and unbearable grief in his right. mind. Right. Like he was he was sort of a tragic figure. I mean, it was it was so nice to see him break through that at the end. He was definitely somebody that you could see in like a Greek tragedy. Like, you know, his father dies and then he swears off love because when you love someone, they're going to die. And I thought it was interesting, too, when he said, I would never want to make somebody like I. And then you felt terrible that really it's because he watched his mother grieve. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I don't ever want to do that to somebody. And and again, that's him putting more responsibility. It's not even that I don't want to lose somebody that I love. It's that I don't want to die and have somebody that I love feel so sad because it yeah. broke her. And they did yeah. a real good job with those flashbacks. Kind of. They did. Like, sending that message about how, why he is the way he is in terms of loving or not loving. Yeah. 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 Hey, um, I, I have a question for y'all, Diego, maybe you, since you've seen season one most recently, when Daphne and Simon got together, they didn't actually have sex until they got married. Is that right? And then they were doing it like every five minutes or did yes. they actually hook up before the wedding? No, the most they did was okay. a kiss in the garden. That's what or whatever. I thought. So I will tell you this. I, I, I mean, Again, Amy, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a, a woman in that day and age when, you know, your you, all of your emotions and your passions have to be so A lot of promenading. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, I, as much as I wanted uh, Anthony and Kate to, you know, to finally get together, when they did it out in the rain in that gazebo, 
as romantic and beautiful and what tastefully done as the whole thing was, all I could think of was Kate's having premarital sex. And it made me in that era, it made me feel like she was making a mistake and like sort of lose respect for her. Not, I mean, a little bit, not overwhelmingly, but I didn't like it. Like I, 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 you would think that that was the big payoff and all the, like everybody would love it. For me, it kind of soured me on that moment. But you didn't feel that way about Anthony? Well, well no, no. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, well, we'd already also seen Anthony with prostitutes earlier on in the show, too. Yeah, so yeah, that that's wasn't true. Like a big she was mo- an opera singer. Excuse um, me. <laughs> potato, potato. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but it, it's a good point. But I mean, look, plugging into the zeitgeist of the time when the rules were on the women and that's how they were all being judged and established. For her to make that choice with him was sort of her, I mean, I, you could say that was her think, being liberated from those, but you could I also think, say that she was I think you know, to a degree, herself. though, the difference between Daphne and Kate is that Daphne like just turned 18 or whatever. Like she had just came out to society whereas anthony and kate you know kate's older she's been a single whatever for a long time and anthony's head of the household older so maybe in a sense like at least for me like i'm like they're older whatever like whereas daphne and and kate's already decided she's not getting married right i'm only in this for my sister i'll i'm happy to just live out my life as an old maid and i'm good with it old maid that's the word yeah you know, like she just she wasn't thinking about she's in love with Anthony. Yeah. So I can't have Anthony. So this is my literal one shot at happiness. And I'm going to go for it. And then next morning she mm. goes out riding the horse and she falls off, hits her head on the rock. And I'm like, no way. I know. Right. <laughs> no way is this ending in a tragedy. Right. This if they had never, done like an like, amnesia story, I was like, if she wakes up and doesn't remember what they did, I'm going to be like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> because then it's only Anthony who's sacrificing, right? He can marry Edwina. Mm. They can go forward with things. Nobody's going to be the wiser. Kate won't have those feelings for him because she won't remember. That would have really upset me a lot. I really was thinking someone was going to die, Edwina or Kate, because I was like, how are we going to get out of this where, you know, where they get, where true love gets to happen and, you know, and is Kate going to like literally just be heartbroken or is Edwina going to be heartbroken and Kate and Anthony are going to ignore that? Or is Kate going to die, like you said, and Edwina and Anthony get back more together? Than, like I couldn't more find than it. anything when, because, you know, the queen, she's the one that sponsored the wedding and she like planned it and paid for it. Like, when they called it off, I was like, yo, this can't end well. Right, right. right. Like, the queen's not going to take this very well. Oh, and we kind of touched upon it a little bit with that scene. Yeah. With can the I just, king and the queen. Can I just say, and not to get all heavy, but my mom and dad, especially my father, both struggle with dementia. And watching the queen, who is usually such a comical and mischievous character, watching her face when the king walked in. And maybe I was projecting, but I thought it was her acting. The, there was confu- there was embarrassment, there was concern, there was love, there was pity. It was all there. And to mm-hmm. see that in that room, and of course that's when Edwina reacts to it and really proves her mettle to her family and the queen. Right. But just just in that moment, I mean, I was crying. Like, it really got me. No, it was a good scene. It was a very good scene. It was a good scene. It was a good scene. And that's really, uh, you know, when you're saying like that you were so worried about, you know, how is this going to end if somebody doesn't die? 
Edwina shows that she's a boss in her own right, Mm -hmm. right? She's like, I'll make the decision. And I'll make the decision based on what I want and what I need because, you know, you've been manipulating things my my whole life. life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they actually, they should have been playing that in their little cello violin. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Right? But, uh, which, by the way, again, I love the music, but go ahead. Same. She She does make out in the end, though, because the queen is like, hey, I got a nephew. He's a prince. Mm-hmm. Right, so, right, because the queen respects her. So, and I think the queen understands love, and I think the queen understands, you know, there's there's society stuff, but dude, this is your life, and I like the fact my... that the queen, <laughs> the God. queen didn't force her to go through with it, and I appreciated that, yeah. that the queen was was like, you know, understanding, and yeah. that she threw them all a lifeline by taking ownership of the wedding knot. Not exactly like that was exactly. a, that was a boss move again love the queen it was a boss move at the end i forget what she says she's like everyone dance why are we not dancing get on the dance floor and dance right <laughs> right <laughs> she's she's an interesting character she's i See, she's I, yeah and i feel like her show might be even more i think i might enjoy the spin-off of the queen maybe more than the actual bridgerton show yeah. Well, it's interesting because, and, you know, now I'm just hypothesizing, but did you guys watch The Tudors? No. Oh. That, that's was uh, Henry Cavill? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. Amy. Relax. Anyway, sorry. No. That Family show, show here, Amy. <laughs> I know. Not, not even about Henry Cavill. That show was ridiculously good. Anyway. Not for kids, um, but but w- even watching that, like the the being a royal, right? Has we're talking about the rules of society for women, but God, you got a song God, for everything, Diego. man. Uh, <laughs> um, being a royal, you have even more societal restrictions on you, right? And even less choice. And yet at the same time, you also have a little bit more freedom. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this, this show with the queen plays out because, you know, she's going to have to marry somebody with power or with, you know, money or connections or land or a title or, you know, whatever. Um, so she's going to have like narrowed down choices in terms of who she can marry and who she can be with. And yet... I, I think that because you have all of this stuff at your disposal, you can also, you have more freedoms to sneak people in and hide things that you're doing, et cetera. So I think that'll be an interesting show. But yeah. anyway, um, Kate, uh, we didn't talk about Kate. Oh, well, I just want to say real quick too, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the actress who played Queen Charlotte um, gave me so much Maya Rudolph, who I also love. I could not watch mm. her and, and not think of Maya Rudolph. Did you guys? I agree get that yeah. at all yeah i can, I can see, see, that. see that i can see that my rudolph would have killed as the queen she would have done really well with <laughs> and, that and, role. and those in those giant dresses we kept rob and i kept joking about bridesmaids the movie and every time the queen yes. would like sit down we go it's happening it's happening <laughs> <laughs> um so kate i thought kate was a great character and i loved i loved the fact that she was just this strong female character that while she was kind of, you know, poo-pooing society's rules for herself, she was doing everything she could to make sure that her sister 
had a good life and her sister right. had had good things and i i loved that i thought that was really great because i you know and again that's part of what connects her to anthony because anthony's entire life is i need to set things up and do things right for my family and she's i'm i've sacrificed my own you know happiness for my family she's doing the same thing and I just thought it was, I, I just really loved her as a character. And I, I think she 100% would have just gone back to India and lived alone and kind of done her own thing. And I, I liked the conversation that she was having with Lady Danbury, though, when Lady Danbury was like, you know, what, you're just going to go back to India and be alone? alone? And she's like, well, you're doing it. And Lady Danbury's like, but I've already had a life. You know, I loved someone. I was married to them. I lost him. I've I've had a very full life, and now I'm alone. I haven't been alone this whole time. And I thought that was a really interesting distinction that she made for her. And I liked that we had the Lady Danbury character to have that conversation with her because, you know, there was really nobody else to have that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Lady so. Danbury is a boss. Lady Danbury is a boss. But I th- and oh, and I loved how Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton after the broken engagement came together and they're like we need to put on because when they went to promenade and nobody would talk to either family, um they were like, "All right, we got to join forces." And they really did join forces. Um and I liked that too. You know, when they had that little Bridgerton ball that nobody came to, Danbury and and the I can't remember Kate's last name, but her family were there. Sharma. Yes, the Sharmas. And and they, they all danced together when they had that little dance thing. And I don't know. I thought it was a, I thought the whole show was really well done. Um I really the acting liked it. the actors and actresses are really do a really nice job. They really do. I will they say really that. do. There's nobody who's no good. Like they're all great. I I I didn't love the art school storyline. I was um, just thinking that. Yeah, I I felt like he he would Colin went to art school. He's he really finds his people and he finds or Benedict so, Benedict. Sorry, yeah. he finds his people and he he's he's doing well with the art and like people are like, oh, you know, I didn't realize you'd actually be a great artist. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then he finds out that Anthony gave a bunch of money to the art school and that's how he gets in and. And he was so upset and so disappointed about that. Then, then he's quitting art school. But you're good at it. So maybe just stay there and prove them wrong. Like, I don't know. That kind of bugged me that he was just like, that's it. I'm out. And again, maybe it's this idea. Maybe he's doing the same thing that Edwina did, right? I, you've made a decision for me. And I want to take control of my own life. But I, I did not love that storyline. And I don't want to watch an entire season about Colin. That's the one that I won't watch. I he's he's a jerk, and I don't well, like him. And Eloise or Colin, which one are you not? You have to watch one. I like. Uh, I, I'm okay with watching Eloise. I have no problem with Eloise. I'll watch. Um, I'll watch Eloise muted, or Colin. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the Colin. I did say the Colin thing, unless I missed something. Why was he so nasty about Penelope with his friends there at that last episode when they're like, you know, oh, are you going to marry her? And he was like, oh, gross, never. It came uh, unless and that's it, how he really feels. Oh, like she's like a awful. sister to me. Yeah. I was wondering if it was more like she's like a sister to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it sure. I mean, he's just like, trying to be cool in front of his friends. Yeah, well, that could be too. And it was that just like I think 
an episode or two earlier during the wedding, during the, the, the canceled wedding, he was looking at her and he goes, I see you, Penelope. I truly see you. Or, I and, and I was like, you. oh, yay. Yeah, but Hello. I don't think he meant like that. I Hello. know that's what she thought <laughs> <Hello>. he meant. <laughs> Hello, governor. I think he just meant like as a friend. You know, yeah. like you've always been true Not to me. Everything's you've always a love been there story here, guys. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. And I think she took it the wrong way. And then I think she, because then every time she's with him, she's like, Ugh. and that's the other thing. I was like, Ugh, stop it. Like I said, she's just so desperate with the whole Colin thing. But then, you know, then he said that. And I was like, yeah, that's who he really is. Like, just this whole, like, I'm traveling. I'm back. I'm going to travel again. He's just, everything had an edge to it. And I just, I didn't like him. He's the, he's the Bridgerton that I don't like. But hey, he showed up with drugs. So give him a few points. I you mean, know? what is that, right? <laughs> I don't know. So bizarre. I, and then the queen was doing like coke at the last episode. I know, lots of it. What was that? Where did that come <laughs> no, from? No, she did it like throughout the season, actually. Well, I, think, I don't remember seeing her doing it. But that was a thing, though. That was I, I, I think it was like some it was brown. I think it was some kind of weird snuffy thing. But it was still probably laced well, with whatever all she was doing. Stuff. I was like, well, that's ladylike. I loved it. I thought it was hysterical <laughs> in a silver spoon and a sugar like a silver sugar dish. <laughs> right, like... right. So bizarre. <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right, so, so season three. Thumbs up. Oh, yeah. I'm totally in for season three. I, I yeah. I'm cute. I do want to know who it's going to be about. Benedict. I'll watch that season. I'm down with that. Eloise, I'd watch that season. Colin, I don't know. But my understanding is, I mean, there's literally a book for every kid. So at some point, we're even getting to those little, the two little ones who keep fighting with each other. Amy, we need to read those books. Uh, I, I have so many books that I have to read. I don't have time for the Go learn books. the book, Amy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Learn it. Well, I will As a say. a resident bookworm, you have to I go know. read the books. I know, the, I know. The, the the Shonda Rhimes like magic formula, which is why I love Bridgerton and so many of her other things, it's the the character development. She still throws enough crazy random plot points in to to make watching the characters react to it fun, but she doesn't rely on them for the storytelling. Right. Right. Uh, the the soundtrack, I don't care if it's Grey's Anatomy or or all of the classical orchestra pieces being played in Bridgerton, she always picks really great music. Yep, and the colorblind casting. She finds these amazing, beautiful to look at people that happen to be really good actors as well, and right. she and she throws them all into a bowl and lets them play out. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, then. I'm definitely down for season three. Definitely okay. down. For I season watch season three. three. I mean, it's like I said, it's not, it's not usually my cup of tea, but there are enjoyable parts, entertaining. It it it, it holds my attention for the most part. Yeah. So. You guys got anything coming up that you're going to be watching? Oh, there's a lot of scary shows or movies that are on Netflix right now, I feel like. Really? I, see, I feel oh, like I've, I've missed the scary ones. Um, so I, I'm going to see if there's anything there, but nothing, I don't think nothing of note that like yeah. really sticks out. Not yet. I'm going to finish Ozark. Um, yes. And then we there's got a Moon couple... Knight on Disney, so. Oh, yes, yes, Moon Knight. So I started watching. I watched the first episode. Um, and I'm intrigued that I want to continue watching. I want to see what's going on with this and what this is about, um, for sure. Yeah, and we then, have to on, do a show on that and break it down because I've got I'm polarized. Yeah, have you watched it yet, Diego? Yeah, I watched it. Yes. Oh, you did watch it. Okay, I did. All right. I like all it. All right. All right. So, all right, guys. I will well, say, oh, I will go ahead, say. Mark. Well, uh, and again, I'm I'm jumping off the channel, but uh, on I'm 
we Rob and I just started watching Picard. We watched all of season one and the beginning <gasps> of season two. How was that? It was really good. Um, I'm a huge Trekkie. I and, have watched every iteration of Star Trek that exists, and I love it so much. So. And this, mm. the just the reunion factor alone, it's a love letter to Star Trek fans because you've got you've got Jerry Ryan from Deep Space Nine, you've got Picard meeting up with past members of the Enterprise, and then this whole new—they're not even in the Federation. They just come together because they have a common goals that all tie them to this one mission, and they become this little family. Yeah. Uh, and so, and and I like I love a lot of the performers. Anyway, so season two is currently dropping episodes weekly, so we're watching that. And then uh, I said this last week; I'll say it again. Minx on HBO Max is hysterical. Okay. All right. Well, as always, everyone, please check out the Facebook page. Give us a like. Let us know what you think about Bridgerton. Let us know who you would like season three to focus on. And just overall, let us know what you're watching. And uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit on the show. Until then, see everyone next time. Bye. Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.